Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, Building Faith and Friendship. You are listening to a sermon series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Bible reading is from Galatians chapter 5 and verses 13 to verse 25. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step by the Spirit, with the Spirit. Amen. Well, we've been working our way through the fruits of the Spirit, but today we're going to step back and review the whole series by asking the question, are the fruits of the Spirit growing in your life? Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are the fruits of the Spirit growing in your life? Are you more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more good, more faithful, more gentle, and more self-controlled? Are the fruits of the Spirit growing in our lives or are we continually being controlled by the flesh, by our sinful and our selfish and self-centered desires and passions? Paul writes in verse 13, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. And that's to indulge in all your selfish and sinful desires and impulses. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That is to be controlled by the Spirit. If you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, your primary motive would be to serve others humbly in love. Paul says in verse 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Are we being controlled by the Holy Spirit 
Or are we merely gratifying the desires of our flesh? Gratifying every, every desire, every impulse, every passion that we might have, no matter how selfish or, or self-centered it might be. Do we merely gratify our flesh like a, like a waiter caters for every whim of his customer? Can I have some more water? Yes, sir. Can I have some more tomato sauce? Yes, sir. Can I have some drinks? Yes, sir. Is that how we, we cater to our flesh? I want to be rude and say something hurtful to this person. Go ahead, you're the boss. I don't want to forgive. I want to hold the grudge. Sure, no problem. Do it. Go ahead. Merely gratifying to every impulse or desire or passion that happens to emerge, no matter how selfish or self-centered it might be. And if I'm honest, there are often times when I act in a very selfish way. There are times when I get angry and frustrated and irritable. Just ask Victoria. There are times when I get impatient, especially in slow traffic or when my computer freezes. And there's times when I do entertain selfish and self-centered desires and ambitions. I don't always put the other person before me. And there are other times when I simply don't do the good things that I want to do. Does this sound familiar? Or is it just me? But the sign, the, the hallmark of being a follower of Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. You see, if you've put your faith in Jesus, your trust in Jesus, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in your life. So how do we handle this tension between on the one hand, seeing signs of the fruit of the Spirit in my life, but on the other hand, I still seem to be controlled by the flesh. Now I find the, the metaphor that Paul uses very helpful. In verse 22, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't say the acts of the Spirit or the works or the deeds of the Spirit as he does for the flesh in verse 19. So he seems to be intentionally using the metaphor of botanical growth. And there's a lot we can learn about botanical growth that is very relevant for how the fruit of the Spirit grows in our life. Firstly, it grows gradually. It doesn't happen overnight. We live in an instant culture where we want everything to happen instantaneously. If someone tells me about a good book, I can just take out my phone, I can look it up on Amazon, I can push one button and it will be sent to me in a couple of days. And if I can't wait for that, I can download it onto my Kindle app and start reading the book straight away. I haven't even left the coffee shop. And that's how we want to receive the gifts of the, the fruits of the Spirit. We want it instantaneously. We want the virtue of patience and we want it now. But you can't get the, the fruit of the Spirit by a click of a mouse. It happens gradually, almost mysteriously, and, and, and most of the time invisible. it's invisible. It's like a tree. You don't literally see the tree growing. But one day you go out and you go, wow. 
That, that tree is bigger. It's happened mysteriously and invisibly and it's happened gradually. And it's the same. I mean, of course, there's seasons. There's seasons of growth. Uh, in winter, uh, you don't see anything growing, but it is. In springtime, it's more obvious. And there will be times in your life when you'll be in a springtime season, it'll be more obvious. But even in winter, the growth is still happening. And often it's only when you test growth that you can actually realize that something's grown. It's only when the troubles come, when the hardships come, when the trials and the tests come, that all of a sudden you, you respond with, with patience and with humility. And you think to yourself, wow, I've never displayed that kind of patience before. The growth happens gradually, mysteriously, and almost always invisibly. But secondly, it happens inevitably. Inevitably, it will grow. And if we have the Holy Spirit in our life, it will grow. It will produce the fruit of the Spirit in our life. There's a story of a guy who put a massive concrete slab down in his garden. But there was a little acorn under the concrete slab. And after many, many years, the acorn split the concrete slab and began to sprout. Now you would think, concrete slab versus acorn, who's going to win? I mean, common sense will tell you it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's no contest. A thousand pounds of concrete slab down on a little tiny acorn, no contest. Yes, you're right, no contest. The acorn always wins, eventually, over time. And if botanical growth has that kind of power in its gradualness, what kind of power will the Spirit of God have in your life? Perhaps you're not seeing much growth in your life. Uh, perhaps you're under that concrete slab and you might be there for some time, but the growth will happen. It's inevitable. So don't say, oh, oh, well, this doesn't seem to be working. Oh, I I'm just going to give up. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, don't say that because the growth will happen gradually and inevitably. Thirdly, the growth is holistic. It's holistic. What do I mean by that? Uh, I mean it's, it's indivisible. It's, you, you can't separate it. You, you can't pick and choose between the fruits of the Spirit. You can't say, oh, well, um, I'll have some joy and peace, but I, I'm probably going to skip on the goodness and the self-control. You can't pick and choose. You can't specialize. Uh, there was a story of a minister who came out of a very heated meeting and he said to a colleague, well, the Lord says we need to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves, but being busy men, it's advisable to specialize. And you can know which way he was going to specialize. There's no specializing allowed. You see, in order to have any of the fruit of the Spirit, you have to have all of the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, in verse 22, it doesn't say the fruits... Plural, it says the fruit, singular. The fruit of the Spirit is one fruit, and it's made up of nine virtues that are, are closely related, and they all go together. And so if you don't have them all, you don't have any. 
Because someone might display peace. You'd be thinking, wow, this guy's really at peace. He's got great peace. But the reason he has great peace is because he simply doesn't care. He has no love. He has no kindness. It's not a real peace. It's a counterfeit peace. Or or another silly example, a guy can exercise great self-control by not crying. But why? The reason why is someone told him, don't cry like a girl. So he's motivated by fear and pride. He does, fear because he doesn't want anyone to call him a girl and pride because he thinks he's better than girls. And so he has no humility and he has no peace. And therefore it's a counterfeit self-control and it, will become, it won't last because it's inauthentic. But more than that, it'll be a rigid self-control because sometimes you actually need to cry. Real growth is holistic. It's all the fruit working together. Fourthly, the growth is intrinsic. It comes from within. It's not a a mechanical growth. It's not something you bolt on the outside. It's not about uh, better techniques. It's not about obeying rules. It's not legalism, obeying a whole lot of external laws. Oh, now I have to do all these things. Oh, now I have to be loving and I have to be kind. No. It comes from the heart. It comes from your heart. I mean, if if you have to force yourself to be kind, it kind of robs it of the value of kindness. I mean, if you know that someone's having to force themselves to be nice to you, you're probably not going to feel thrilled. And if we're going to try and mechanically produce the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to go by my own effort, by just trying harder and harder, by just saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, then you'll end up just pretending that you are loving and kind and and peaceful and joyful and so on. It'll be inauthentic, it won't last, and you'll end up feeling... Guilty and and, and in despair because you failed. Real growth is intrinsic. It's, It's organic. It's authentic. It comes from the heart. And it comes from the Holy Spirit changing your heart. The Holy Spirit is the seed that actually does the work, that actually produces the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. But we do have a part to play. We like the gardener. And the gardener needs to plant the seed in the soil. He needs to water the seed and needs to prune the plant in order to ensure that there will be a lasting harvest. So although the the, the fruit of the Spirit is intrinsic, it is authentic, it's an organic growth, we still have a very vital part to play. I mean, if you want to speak Chinese, you can't just jump into a plane, fly to Beijing, go out on the street and try and communicate with people because you, you really, really want to speak Chinese. I mean, it's all very authentic, but no one's going to understand you. You need to do some work, often frustrating work. So what is it that we actually need to do? Because we know we can't actually try and produce the fruits by ourselves, mechanically try and produce the fruits, because that will just lead to legalism and ultimately to despair and to guilt. 
So what is it that we actually need to do? Well, one, we need to plant the seed. Two, we need to water the seed. Three, we need to prune the tree. And then we just allow the seed, the Holy Spirit, to produce the fruit. So one, planting the seed. That's about allowing the Holy Spirit to be planted in your heart. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. And the way we do that is by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus and by asking the Holy Spirit to come into our life. Because without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to produce the fruits of the Spirit because it is the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, we need to water the seed. How do we water the seed? Well, we need to walk in step with the Spirit. Paul says in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Well, by reading the Bible regularly, by praying regularly, by gathering over here together regularly to worship together. It's about falling in love with God. It's about being captivated by Jesus. It's about being in awe of Jesus and allowing Jesus' love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness and goodness to come into our life and to transform us. Sometimes the reason why we just don't see the fruit of the Spirit growing in our life is because we simply don't see how beautiful, how awe-inspiring Jesus is. We're just not captivated by Him. And when we start reading the Bible and praying regularly, we become captivated by Him. We get inspired by Him. And we start walking in, the, in, in step with the Spirit. So maybe this uh, Advent, why don't you commit yourself to reading one of the Gospels from, one, from, from beginning to end? Or, or, or perhaps you could listen to the podcast on our series that worked through the Gospel of Mark. Each day, just listen to the next podcast as we work, uh, you can work through one of the Gospels. And just a, during that time, just become captivated by Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Thirdly, we need to prune the tree. How do we do that? Paul says in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's how we prune the tree. It's about actively choosing not to follow your selfish and self-centered impulses and desires. It's about not following every little impulse, every little passion that comes up, but rather exercising self-control because we have a greater passion, following Jesus. And it needs to become a habit every day, choosing not to follow your selfish and self-centered desires, but rather choosing to follow Jesus. Becoming more and more aware that Jesus is present with us by the Holy Spirit. And asking yourself, what would Jesus do? And then simply with the help of the Holy Spirit, do what Jesus would do in every situation. And if we plant that seed in our heart, and if we water that seed, and if we keep the tree pruned, then the fruits of the Spirit will grow gradually, inevitably, holistically, and intrinsically. 
in our lives. And so this Advent, as we start focusing on the true meaning of Christmas, let's endeavor to walk in step with the Spirit. Let's become captivated by Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to produce the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often we are selfish and self-centered. So often we are so caught up with, with our desires and our passions. So often we don't even take that second thought to think about our actions. We just follow our impulses. Heavenly Father, won't you forgive us? And Father, won't you help us to become more and more captivated by you, more and more captivated by Jesus? Let that inspire us. Let, us, let that be our overriding passion. And as we worship you and as we become captivated by you, Father, we pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit into our life and that your Holy Spirit would produce the fruits of the Spirit in our life, that we would be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more good, more faithful, more gentle, and more self-control. And Father, we realize that we can't produce this in and of ourselves. And so we come before you and we surrender before you. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us, empower us, and enable us to be the people you have created us to be and called us to be. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.